stream. Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Monero Coffee Chat. This, the theme of this episode today is technical difficulties. If you can tell, we are screen capturing on Google Hangouts. Um, we're not using Jitsi, or we're not even screen capturing Jitsi. So you can see this is like our fifth backup here. So we're still here to talk to you and to hopefully have a, a reasonably good enough time. If there are other technical difficulties, please let me know by commenting you know, in the video. Hopefully you're able to, uh, to get a reasonable stream, stream through here. Is this thing going? I'm not seeing anything on YouTube. Should be. I'm sending data, and I clicked the start streaming button. Well, the YouTube channel seems there's nothing happening there. I'm looking at it. The theme continues. <laughs> if anybody, the issue is nobody is able to tell us that we have technical difficulties because they didn't hear us tell them to tell us. Like, what are we going to do if we don't get messages that they don't see this? Yeah, I actually don't even... Yeah, I we just done the whole episode. It is like... technically set to stream. Just the blooper reel of... Is this... Are you streaming to a different endpoint, like a previous coffee chat or something? No, it's... Uh, no, it's set, and it's... It is receiving data. It says it's not receiving good data, but I can't help it <laughs> if everything is... <laughs> Okay, figure this out. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm, again, I'm sorry, everybody. Not a problem. Dude, you're the only one who's actually working on this, so, like, we should apologize to you. <laughs> Anyone can complain. Sorry. Test. Maybe. Okay. Oh. Hello, test. screen capturing Jitsi. So you can see this is like our fifth reasonably good enough time. Okay, it's going through. Please, please let me know. Time travel. It's uh... Just comment from YouTube. Okay, so... <laughs> they should be receiving data now. Uh, we, we are live to some extent. Um, no one can see my face because Google... Hangouts really loves eating. Uh, oh yes, it's it's reasonably going through now. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so perfect. Again, to restart for like the fifth time. Sorry thank guys for the technical difficulties. Thank you everyone for joining this month's coffee chat. We went through hell to get this to go through, but we are on now. So uh, the video should be working now. I restarted the video. So uh, again, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, we have uh, a crowd on today to help answer questions about what's going on with the upcoming Monero update. We're here to answer other questions in the chat as they come across. So we appreciate you joining us all today in a very Monero episode fashion. So um, introductions, as always, we have some new faces with us today. So uh, there's me, Justin, you can't see me because it will, Google Chrome is, Google Hangouts really, really loves to use the CPU and they share webcam. So you can't see my webcam while I live stream, um, but I'm here. Um, and then we have other people on today. Uh, Need Money 90, can you introduce yourself for everyone, please? I your, can't. Your stream is focused on my video right now. Can you set it to like everybody's? It's not that I don't like that. Is it? I mean, it was only showing mine. Okay. There we go. Um, can you introduce yourself then? That's a title. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm Need Money Ninety. I am a moderator in the community, and I do various things, including coordination of uh, who gets what information, and uh, I guess what gets uh, what policies for the subreddit and our other chat mediums. Awesome. Nice to have you on again, Lee. Can you introduce yourself to us, please? Yes, I'm Lee. Uh, in the forums and uh, get helping by VT nerd. So I've been 
a contributor for three. Actually, it's just about almost three years to the date now. Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to finish up a lot of stuff before the next release, basically. Uh, oh, co-contributor, I guess I didn't. What was that? Uh, you were lagging slightly with your voice. I'm not sure what the issue is. Uh, it's probably everything about my setup. <laughs> uh, my ISP over here isn't very great, so I've got to work with them on that. Well, we really appreciate having you on, Lee. Um, I think this is, this is your first coffee chat, correct? Yep. Uh, this is this is why I had to like put together a, a setup real quick, but I think it worked. Nice to have you on, Lee. Tanner, can you introduce yourself, please? How's it going, guys? I'm Tanner. I am uh, currently the uh, Cake Wallet developer for the um, iOS. Um, I wanted to share with you guys real quick a, a new milestone that we crossed today. Uh, we now have 20,000 unique Apple IDs that have downloaded Cake Wallet from the App Store. So it's kind of cool that we could celebrate that today. Excellent. Nice to have you and you wallet represented here. Uh, Scott, can you introduce yourself, please? Yep. I'm Scott. I do kind of Japanese translation maintenance work and random stuff with DEF CON, more or less. Very nice. I just want to quickly state, Lee, we're getting some feedback from you, so if you can yeah, I know. Sorry. This has, this has that start. <laughs> Um, okay, Diego, can you introduce yourself, please? Hey, everybody. Mm, I'm Diego, and I'm speaking quietly because otherwise my audio clips, and you may notice I am absent my really nice microphone uh, that I always use, and Google Hangouts isn't letting me use it, so I'm really sad. So that's the, the other reason my voice is so downtrodden. Uh, I do UX work for Monero and website stuff, and uh, do I, I don't, I mean, I, I do quite a few other things. Uh, if you really want to know, you can talk to me, and I'll reveal them one by one to you as I slowly gain trust or lose it. Sure, we'll host a server and figure everything out. Like, I want to figure out this uh, Google Hangouts thing, so... Afterwards, Justin, let's like try and figure out how to host a server for these coffee chats so this doesn't happen again. Yeah, I agree. We really should have our own hosted Jitsi instance. We've kind of been talking about it, but there's an extra step to do the live stream portion. So that's always been a hurdle that I've, that's been intimidating for me. Let's look into it. Okay. I'm happy to, I'm happy to work with you guys on that. I, you guys know I have a really robust network, so. Uh, that actually might be a great idea. Oh, look at this guy over I'll have, here. I'll, I'll okay, so uh, what is going on then in the Monero community? I want to originally point out that uh, one of the main Monero contributors that's made his name all over the place uh, is Ercicione. He's been doing a lot of website work. Um, so if you're not following the GitLab website, I know it's if you're sort of on the GitHub space where you're paying attention to Monero developments there, but you're not paying attention to the GitLab developments on uh, the Monero website, definitely, definitely take a look there um, because there are a lot of changes that uh, they're doing to help improve the experience for everyone. So, uh, and that's a really easy way, sorry, easy way for people to contribute, even if they aren't, you know, natural developers, um, there, there's many ways you can improve documentation and other things. So I just wanted to quickly point that out. That's really cool. Um, Lee, of course, I want you to talk about some of the networking things that you've recently done with Monero um, to get ready for this this update that's coming out. Um, need money. I'd love to hear about some of the trolls you recently banned. I don't know. Um, so I hmm. <laughs> just want to get this conversation started. Uh, how about I kick it off with you, Lee? Can you actually... Uh, I know the audience probably has many questions about what updates are coming with regard to networking. Can you, on a pretty high level, discuss what approach you've taken to get the Monero client ready there? Yeah, so I honestly want to have trouble remembering what we did in the last release because I work in the development area so much, I don't even remember what's in the releases sometimes. Uh, so 
I think in the last release, we actually added Tor support in the wallet, for instance. And we also started adding some limited support for Tor um, connecting, having Monero D connect to Tor or F2P. I think F2P uh, was also high on the community's uh, wish list, I guess you would say. Uh, so for the next release, um, we now have a method already for broadcasting transactions over ITP or Tor. Um, the, I guess, catchers, we have to figure out how to figure out how to get seed nodes for these hidden services. So that's sort of what we're working with. Um, I think some of the GUI developers and I mean, there's a whole lot of people that think they're going to have to work on that. Um, the part that I'm sort of trying to, to get through Monero, who just did a very good review uh, yesterday um, was these weird mempool interactions. So this sort of relates to a bunch of Dandelion++ stuff, which I'll get to in a second. Um, basically, um, when you're broadcasting transactions over Tor I2P, you don't want to inadvertently leak to someone that you know about the transaction before it even got to the other side. So uh, it's kind of funky. Really quick. Can you turn off your video and see if that improves your voice quality? Because no it's currently frozen in one frame, and uh, I think that might be preferable. Let's see if that helps. Okay. Uh, is this any better? No, not really. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I can, I, can, I, I can call the phone number if it helps. Oh, yes. That would actually help significantly. Oh, um, to everyone? It, oh, good lord! It might reveal the phone number to me, which is screen captured and live streamed. So just keep that. In oh, mind. yeah, I, I, I'm. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I'm not interested in quite that level. I mean, they won't get anything from it, but even if I get simjacked for nothing, it's gonna be a pain in the butt. Um. Yeah, I'll have to get a be- uh, figure out a better internet situation. You know, hold on. Let, let me turn up my. Mid- yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me uh, let me try something real quick. I'm gonna stop my poor Monero head. He's shutting down the Monero network to participate in this coffee chat today. What dedication! All right. So in the meantime, while Lee is is working on his uh, network connection, um, <laughs> Diego, what have you been working on? What have I been working on these days? Well, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Monero is going to have a presence once again at C3, the Chaos Something Congress. I never remember what they call it. It's um, it's, it's a name that only nerds could have come up with. But, uh, it takes place December 26th through the 30th, so kind of right in between Christmas and New Year's. It takes place in Germany, um, and it's the biggest hacker conference of Europe, very artistically focused. Um, I... Can you mute? I'm sorry? Uh, Lee, can you mute real quick? Oh. Oh, okay. I think he's doing other things. Okay, everything. But... Uh, I was recently at the HCBP conference in Prague, and we had a preliminary meeting there, and we just had our first IRC meeting this past week, and we're going to be moving to weekly meetings uh, to get that up and off the ground. Um, so the last year was really, really cool, uh, and I, this this year I think has potential to be slightly bigger. I know that every year people are like, and we're trying to be bigger and better this year. And we're, you know, we're trying to be slightly bigger. Uh, so uh, that's one thing uh, that I've been working on. I have um, a couple of secret projects that will be revealed here fairly soon, probably I would say within a month, uh, that I've been working on uh, for Monero. So be looking forward to that if you consider this a pre-announcement. And um, lastly, I've been... What have I been doing? No, the most the the Prague travel really took a lot of a lot of time, and, the, and it took a couple of days to recuperate. So I, I hate traveling. If you like to travel, you're a strange person. Traveling sucks. It's just the worst. But uh, yeah, so 
Yeah, that's me. Cool. Um, yeah, thanks, Diego, for that that update. Uh, I look forward to seeing what you can pull out of your hat, you know, in the next month or so, as you as you said. So we're we're all really excited. Um, Lee, do you want to give it another shot? I muted you though, so if you can unmute yourself when you're ready to talk. Okay. Uh, yeah, thirty-seven day of time that's down the drain. Um. So, I uh. So we're in, the, we're in the middle of trying to figure out how, uh, at least the code patch that I have up now, the concern is, uh, you know, let me start my video because maybe that'll help you guys. The, um, the concern is uh, how do we not inadvertently leak that you're the or origin of a transaction? Uh, because there's all kinds of ways, for instance, that you can unintentionally um, tell people that you're the origin of the transaction. So as an example... Um, if you try broadcasting it over Tor, but you have a public RPC for some reason, you're going to effectively leak that you know about the transaction before it even went to the other Tor side. So there's all kind of uh, funky stuff like that. The Dandelion++ developers recommended a separate mempool. So that's effectively what I had to try to implement, which is a pretty big undertaking because you had to go through all the code base such that like even if you're mining a block, for instance, you don't want to inadvertently post that you know about your own transaction before you see it, someone else tell you about it on the network. So there's all kind of like really funky interactions like that. So we've probably got most of that, or I have most of that situated. There may be issues that come up later on during auditing, but um, probably got most of that. Simultaneously, I'm trying to, I thought about Dandelion++, Sarang uh, hit me up with this, launched me with this when I met him in Stanford way back when. So we we're actually really close to getting Dandelion++ for ClearNet as well. I don't want to give any timelines, but it's, it's actually, I don't want to say easy, but I did all the hard work in thinking about how it was going to be shoved in there in these past two go around. So that sort of delayed things, unfortunately. But the positive news is, um, yeah, the positive news is that it, it should be fairly close. Um, the other interesting part is that none of these features require a hard fork. So um, if we have to then sort of make updates or changes, we don't have to worry about it as much. Um, the last sort of bits the community seems to want everything over Tor ITP and we've got a f just kind of funky for various reasons. Uh, the big blocker is going to be unbound and a couple other issues. Um, for the time being, the recommended mode would probably be yeah. like uh, you do your block syncing over uh, the public clear net and do transaction broadcasting over Tor and ITP. Not everyone is going to run in that mode for various reasons. But that's probably the recommended this won't blow up probably <laughs> uh, method. So hopefully we'll get a lot of that out pretty quickly. Um, like I said, I think the one that's unclear at this point is whether Dandelion++ gets in the next release. Um, the harder part is probably going to be testing and reviewing more so than completing the code before the release. Um, and so I I'm actually not sure whether we'll be able to, I don't know, it's, it's going to be... It's doable, but even if we had to do it in a point release, it's it's not terrible because, like I said, it's it's nothing on chain that requires a hard fork. It's simply um, networking changes that can be implemented at any time. And to clarify, Lee, are you able to uh, when you're talking about Dandelion Plus Plus, you're talking in the context of both ClearNet and Tor I2P, correct? You would use Dandelion for both cases. Right. So I guess, yeah, I guess I need to be very clear on that. My current recommendation is that we use Dandelion Plus. I'm implementing it so that you can use it over either network. I think currently it's going to be coded so that it's only going to be used over ClearNet and then Tor and I2P because it's it's sort of funky. Like Dandelion Plus Plus was almost designed to mitigate the issues of not having Tor or I2P, if that makes any sense. So it's not clear in the end whether I want to use it, but I if you looked at my talk, I took some ideas from Dandelion++ because I realized you could only, you have to alter how you're broadcasting transactions. So, for instance, um, 
if you're if you have a hidden service over Tor I2P, which is nice because you're accepting inbound connections and therefore allowing others to relay transactions through you, you never want to send your own transaction through those incoming links because then they know that this hidden service broadcasted. So there's all kind of funky stuff like that where I actually had to identify what Dandelion Plus Plus was doing and sort of fill in the gaps for what for Torn I2P were doing. Um, so it's coded so that will work with either, but it'll only be enabled for the public networks because it's not clear that we need Dandelion Plus Plus over Torn I2P because that's kind of what Torn I2P were designed for. So the, so the way it'll be interesting is the way it's going to work is if you use Tor I2P, it's going to bounce to some other hidden service. Once it hits that hidden service, it's then going to use Dandelion Plus Plus. Then, at, and then it's going to go, and then after that, it gets spread. So you actually, it, it, I don't know, it'll. That's kind of the way I code it up. I don't know if it's the best way, but I thought it was the most interesting way because not only does it bounce to a hidden service, but once it hits a hidden service, it then uses the technique designed for Bitcoin as well, Dandelion Plus Plus. This will also be kind of interesting because um, it, it'll just be kind of interesting because like when someone, if you're accepting inbound Tor IPP connections, if for some reason you don't want to broadcast your own transactions over Tor IPP, I'm not really sure why you would do that. You wouldn't want to do that, but it was kind of interesting because you're now mixing other people's transactions with your own and you're just, and you're only sending out over Dandelion plus over public, the public network. So there's kind of, there's, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of different factors there, but the, the summary is if you're not using Tor or I2P, it will use eventually in the near future, it'll use Dandelion plus plus. If you enable Tor or I2P, it will then send it out to a hidden service and that hidden service well, we can't really force them, but ideally if they're running a correct Monero implementation, it's then forwarding it over Dandelion Plus Plus as well. If that, did you follow that or? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Starting with the clear net. I, I think that obviously think makes that a lot of sense because Dandelion helps mitigate a lot of the networking concerns, especially when not using, you know, Tor or I2P. So it's, that, that's really cool. Okay. Yeah, correct. I mean, I, and, and maybe with the research lab, we change it. It was convenient about this. Like I said, there's no hard fork necessary. So they could literally say in the middle, really, oh, we got to do a point release or something. And there's really no, or someone could tweak it on their own if they want to do it at home. But it's just that Dandelion Plus Plus was designed to get around the limitations of not using Tor ITP, basically. So it, it's not clear that you want to use strictly that protocol over those other because you're kind of like oh having like multiple overlay networks at that point um but if you look at the code it's it's so similar to what i'm doing that it actually shares the same code which might confuse people a bit um but that's i don't know that's another <laughs> another story but i that that's kind of like the reworking part i had to like rework so that both were using the same sharing the same code base so um yeah hopefully that works out awesome Link. it's great to hear okay scott what have you been working on past uh Past few months. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been doing anything specifically Monero related. Uh, I've been doing kind of other random open source projects. Um, if you happen to use, I guess, quick plug into other open source projects, you happen to use uh, OpenWRT, which is a uh, basically FOSS for routers, um, which is very cool. Uh, I submitted a suggestion to the mailing list to get them to uh, basically use WebLate since uh, for translation work. So it is much easier to submit uh, basically translations to Web WRT right now. And so that's what I've been doing the past couple of weeks has been working on the Japanese localization there. But it's worth highlighting that um, the Monero translations, which I'll be doing this weekend uh, since no one's uh, done them yet, yeah, those close on October 24th uh, for, um, in terms of like the translation string freeze. So um, if you want to contribute translation work, uh, make sure you basically do it uh, this weekend before the it gets locked down on the 24th. So. Very cool. And um, so recently, uh, like th this is, 
you know, tangentially related to the Monero community. Um, many Monero meetups use meetup.com, and I saw that you were push pointing people to new open source alternatives that um, that aren't charging users to, uh, you know, going forward to RSVP to events. Uh, can you talk about some of these and, and what the sort of meetup space is in open source? Um, I mean, it's been a while since I, I've done research into it. Um, I've been following a project, which is the one that you're referencing on Twitter, called uh, Mobile Zion, which is by a French-based company that's done a decent amount of work creating kind of like a um, Google productivity suite equivalent, uh, but everything is FOSS, so like... Uh, I initially found them looking for like a Google Forms open source equivalent. Um, the downside is like a lot of their website and documentation is in French, uh, by nature of being based in France. Um, but uh, yeah, so the particular project Mobilezion, they did a Kickstarter of sorts, uh, raised I think it was like roughly 50,000 euro sometime around june-ish uh they've been working on basically getting a what amounts to a federated version of meetup so if you're not familiar with federated uh what it means it's um if you use matrix it's essentially um what matrix is but for meetup in this case which is anyone can spin up essentially a server that's part of a network uh, similar to how you would spin up a node in monero um, um, so people, you know, if you, yeah, they can create their own server. Um, there's some other cool quirks with it. Like, uh, unlike meetup, you can basically have a, uh, unique identity for each group so that no one knows basically, you know, if you're part of the cycling club and then you're also part of the cryptocurrency club, uh, there's not an easy, there's not really a way to link your identity across groups, if you're so inclined. Um, so uh, the first beta is supposed to come out uh, sometime October, which I'm. It sounded like uh, their last post from September. They were still on track for that. Um, but yeah, so if you're interested in Meetup, because Meetup's monetary policy is apparently kind of becoming crap, because uh, there's a lot of people complaining on Twitter, which is why I posted my comment on Twitter. I suggest people check it out. Um, yeah, um, hopefully they release uh, by the end of this month, and maybe we as a Monero community can start experimenting with, you know, someone, maybe not necessarily on get the Git Monero uh, domain, but uh, launch our, our own federated instance and tinker around with that. Um, so it's pretty exciting to have that. Uh, just have yeah have a false solution for meetups that's also like super privacy minded. The whole identity thing I think is really cool. Very cool, Scott. You're always mm -hmm. a great reference to look at other open source projects. It's good to know what is out there um, in order to improve Monero and, of course, to improve other projects, too. Everyone can benefit from them. Um, okay, Tanner, I'm going to switch to you. Um, can you tell me a bit about your background? Like, Do you have a cryptocurrency background? What got you into Cake Wallet? What got you into the whole Monero ecosystem? And then what are you working on for them? So um, I've been working, um, I've been writing code for a long time. I'm self-taught. Um, I launched a, an iPhone and uh, a Mac app in, in high school. Uh, went to college and didn't really uh, pursue that as much. Objective-C kind of pissed me off. And uh, I don't know, it just shifting to college was kind of a different mindset for me. And it was actually through my friends and the hype of 2017 that I really became convinced that uh, cryptocurrency was uh, something that was going to be more than just sort of a niche thing that developers knew about. And that is when I really started uh, investigating, uh, you know, Monero and understanding the community. And um, after graduating, I got a job with a, um, an asset management company writing Swift code on Linux pretty much day in, day out. And, uh, when Vic contacted me in August, um, you know, looking for someone to bring onto the team, uh, that skill set really just aligned really well with um, with what they're looking for, and uh, it was I thought it was a really good opportunity for me to take something that I became really passionate about in college, 
and be able to sort of um, contribute uh, given my skill set because uh, it, there's not a ton of opportunities to write Swift code for you know the Monero community and, and it just seemed like a perfect fit. So that's a little, that's a brief background of sort of my story. That's that's really cool, Tanner. Um, what are you working on with them generally with uh, with Cakewalt and when when did you start? So uh, I started in uh, early August. I believe, um, vaguely, uh, you know, we started talking and it, it, it actually took a few weeks for my development work to actually start. So I believe it, it began in early August. The first features that I really started implementing, uh, were, uh, just a, a big cleanup around the differentiation in, um, unlocked versus locked or, or um, unlocked versus spendable funds, um, that there was some code built out for that. Um, but it was kind of hidden uh, the tap targets to expose or toggle between those two values were was really hidden. And uh, there was just a lot of inconsistencies there in the code. And so I, I cleaned that up a lot, made that more discoverable, and then implemented a time estimator so that users would know how long they'd have to wait for their funds to become unlocked. And then uh, since then, most of my time has actually been spent battling UIKit trying to get dark mode implemented for iOS 13. Um, obviously I have uh, quite an, uh, a familiar background with the Swift standard library and you know, whatnot, but, but uh, UIKit had, hadn't been something that I had worked with for a few years. And so sort of reacquainting myself with uh, the, the um, interesting design choices of that API has, uh, has been a, a battle for me, but uh, we're pretty much on the other side at this point. And, uh, Looking forward now to implementing some new things down the road, like more coins on uh, the Change Now uh, exchange, for example. Very, very cool. It's, it will be interesting to see how that that feature is built out. Um, thanks for joining us, Tanner. Um, mm -hmm. We're really, Absolutely. we're really glad to have thanks you. Thanks for on having this. me, um, Howard. Uh, you joined us. You, you, uh, are you still there? And then, can you give a quick introduction to everyone here who, for some reason, have never heard of you before? You are muted, though. You are still muted. On, like it says that hang, Hangouts has you muted. People want to hear about random acts. Come on. Yeah. Are you on a phone right now? I think he's on a phone. The swaying of the camera gives it away. <laughs> yeah, it says still you're muted. Yeah, it says you're still muted, unfortunately. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's not my fault. I guess we can just see your beautiful face and that's all. Yeah, I can't unmute you, unfortunately. That would be kind of like... I, there'd be serious privacy and legal issues with doing that but think of the convenience <laughs> okay so howard will probably keep battling this for a little bit uh but uh we had another person join xxxx this is obviously a very real google person last name can you introduce yourself please yeah sure i'm uh, xx no i'm not oh dsc what up what's up guys How are you doing? Uh, yeah i joined because there were so many cool people here so hey yeah, yeah. Oh, hey. F figured oh. I should stop by. Looks like Howard managed to get his uh, mute working. <laughs> yes, he did. Finally. Yeah. Okay, finally. Gang's all here. Well, other yeah. than Diego. Diego, by the way, guys, um, his internet died. He sent me a message um, on his phone. Yeah. Over LTE. But yeah, he's, he's having some issues. This is just like one issue after another. <laughs> so keep on going anyway. DSC, is there anything that you wanted to mention during the chat before I talk about random X? Because I'm sure that'll take a little bit of time. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm working on a new Monero wallet, and I just wanted to paste the uh, paste an image into the chat. That's about it. So uh, please uh, do continue. Uh, did you paste the image into the Hangouts chat here? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. 
I won't be able to, I think. Okay, okay. If you want to, like, put on an imger or something and then put it on YouTube um, for people to see, that would work, too. Um, but I am currently screen capturing with this, so <laughs> you're all going to see my mouse and things as, as I you know, maneuver around if, if we wanted, wanted to do it that way. Um, but yeah, right. it'd be really cool. To, I, I think it's really interesting to see that you're working on, you know, a new wallet. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think most people weren't aware that you're working on a, a new wallet um, besides the Monero GUI. So um, I think that's really cool. And I, th I think, you know, I'd love to see some images of it. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep working on the GUI. But I also think that uh, we could maybe use a more simple wallet that's better to make or like easier to maintain and um, <clears throat> has less graphical like components and stuff. Just looks very easy. It looks like a native application. When's the and, GUI coming out? Um, I don't know, with the hard fork probably. Oh, you mean the new wallet? Well, in a couple of months. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm anxiously awaiting. What is this just on desktop or is it supposed to be cross-platform too? Uh, it's cross-platform on desktop, so it's Linux and Mac. I'm going to ignore Windows for a while because I, I really don't like uh, having to deploy on Windows, but eventually it, it'll be supported for Windows as well. Yep. Uh, you, I'm sorry. Can you share a GitHub or some or GitLab or something link, or is that not remotely ready yet? It's not ready yet. So I'm just like I've been working on it for three months or something, just being quiet about it and not not really uh, announcing it. Uh, but it's kind of uh, finished already. Actually, I just need to like make a website and make a Git repository and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just starting to uh, like pub public publicly make it known that it that it exists uh, right now. So you uh, you'll see it e eventually. Very very cool. Yeah, we're always we're that's really really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing you know the code and seeing screenshots and seeing it so I can test it out. I'm really really excited. Yeah, it's uh, based on C++. It's only C++. It looks like Electron, like Bitcoin Electron. Uh, but it's not a fork. It's actually coded from scratch. Uh, it also has built-in Tor. It has built-in XMR.to, which is something that I can do for the <coughs> for the GUI because XMR.to is a third-party uh, thing. And the GUI should be like neutral, so... It can't have uh, third-party services. So this wallet, for me, is like an opportunity to code all kinds of uh, services into it that I can't do with the GUI, basically. So, yeah, it's going to be great. Awesome. Thank you, DSC. It was great to hear you checking in. All right. Um, Unless there are any other questions and related to the wallet, other than we really just want to see it. Um, yeah. Diego's back, too. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Wow, we really have a nice... We have eight people on right now. Yeah, this is uh, getting pretty crowded. Yeah. It's better than one-person monologuing, which has happened. Hey, yeah, I did that a couple of different times when nobody showed up. Dude, I'm here for you now. It's okay. I wasn't here for you before, but I am now. Yeah, most of those times you were sleeping. Anyway, uh, I, I, I have... I have... We need to have this thing later in the day so that I'm, like, not asleep. I, if, if there's no other topics of conversation, I can bring up a topic of conversation. We're going to move on to Howard real quick, and then we can move oh. back to me if you could like. Yes. <laughs> Diego trying to steal the spotlight as always. Exactly. He's just trying to promote his alternative mining algorithm, I'm sure. Um, trying to fork Monero. Okay, Howard, you know, big news coming up. The biggest update to Monero by far, you know, in, in, in a month or so is for RandomX. So I, I'm sure most people here have heard of RandomX before, but some really quick overview and they're like, what is it? And then what are some of the recent things that are going on with it? What are the things that still need to be done 
to make it fully implemented for this update. I can't hear you. Yeah, Howard, you're, you're muted, looks like. Yeah. Somehow. So I can, it doesn't say you're muted on Hank. Oh, oh, try again. Okay, I hear the touches on the phone. Yeah. There you go. Oh, it. there it is. Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right, so uh, yeah, RandomX is a new mining algorithm we've been working on for over the past year, a uh, year and a half at least. Um, it's, as the name kind of implies, it's based on randomized code execution. And the rationale is, you know, the ASICs are optimized for executing a single operation, a single algorithm. You know, they're single purpose and fixed function. And when you uh, force them to perform multiple arbitrary operations, then they need to become just as generalized as standard CPUs. And once they do that, then they have all of the same performance constraints as regular CPUs. So this is our way of eliminating uh, ASIC's efficiency advantage over CPUs. Is that clear? I think so. If it's not clear, please leave a comment in chat and we'll be able to work around with it. So we have a question that comes in, a very simple one. Is it possible to mine in a pool with Rankmax? And he, his audio cut out again, but the answer is yes. <laughs> but Howard, uh, people on Twitter don't think RandomX will be good. What do you say? <laughs> people on Twitter don't know what they're talking about. I just wanted to say the answer was solo mining anyway. You know this. <laughs> well, yeah, one, you know, one million people on Twitter just can't be wrong. You know, ra random X doesn't affect whether pool mining works or not. You know, I mean, that that's kind of orthogonal. So, um, I guess my question is, uh, how uh, will, will mining over a phone, even if undesirable, will it be possible? Uh, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, and while you won't be getting, you know, record-breaking hash rates, you do get record-breaking efficiency. You know, like on my phone, which has a three-year-old CPU, uh, you know, it's getting the same or better efficiency as the latest AMD Ryzen processor. You know, I mean, I'm only getting 300-some. CPU, though, those are, those are created to have low joules per, uh, per cycle, right? Versus desktop CD, CPUs that have higher TDP. Sure, but you know, even desktops are moving towards higher efficiency these days, right? And you know, the like the the Ryzen thirty six hundred is actually in a pretty good sweet spot as far as uh, efficiency for hash per watt. But uh, definitely, you know, phone CPUs are more optimized for power efficiency than desktop CPUs, obviously. Not optimized enough. I only get like a few hours of on time. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's really cool. Um, yeah, I think we're all really excited to see how RandomX will go. Um, I know there, there has been a lot of topic both in the Monero community and outside of the Monero community. Everyone has their hot take on how this will go. Um, in terms of getting everything packaged for the update, you know, as far as ecosystem adoption, what things still need to be done? Do pools still need to upgrade? Do uh, mining software still need to be updated for users to be able to mine it? What's really needed for the ecosystem to actually make the switch next month? You know, I, I think from the software change side, everything is in place. So it's just a matter of people installing the latest revisions of, you know, whatever they're using. You know, the XM rig miner has had random X support for several months now because uh, you know, other coins like Wow Narrow and uh, Loki had already deployed random X months ago. Right. So, yeah. So the miners. Where is in place? Are, what's that? The miners are already ready to go. I think there's already active pools out there that support random X. Uh, oh, fantastic. So, yeah, all of this. You know, there, there is a mining pool for RandomX on the test net right now. You know, so, yeah, all of that stuff is working, has been working for, for a while. 
Very, very exciting. Are there any other things that you want to get across with RandomX or any other questions that people have, uh, including in, in chat? Yeah, are there any questions out there on the chat? Uh, currently none. Uh, but I guess we can thank Wow and Arrow for, for just going forward with some take it to prod mentalities and we can benefit from that in some capacity. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And, you know, um, well, the interesting thing is, you know, we, we uncovered some problems on the RandomX test net that, you know, none of the Wow Narrow or Loki chain guys ever encountered, which is interesting too. So, you know, our testing has been pretty thorough. You know, we've tested reorgs, 51% attacks, and all kinds of other scenarios against it. And, you know, things are holding up really well. So it all looks good. By saying we tested, uh, can you speak a little bit more about, like, who has been involved in the testing process and how you came up with the plan? Well, um, you know, there, there's probably uh, a half dozen or so active regular uh, people on the Monero POW IRC channel. And, you know, we basically coordinated the testing there. Uh, I set up a testnet node, you know, several months ago and announced its address on IRC and other people started connecting to it. And basically, you know, people just started firing up miners and doing whatever strange scenarios they could come up with. You know, one of the one of the obvious things was to uh, to test, you know, selfish mining or private mining, where you know somebody would build up a long alternate chain um, in secret or in private, and then publish it all at once to the more public testnet, and we would see how the testnet would react. You know, whether uh, whether the chain would be accepted, whether rollbacks would be handled properly, and all of that. So. You know, we, we put a lot of stuff through its paces, and you know, we actually found a lot of bugs in the Monero code base in, in the process. You know, we found bugs in the recent changes to the peer-to-peer -peer protocol. We found bugs in, um, you know, the SSL support and other other strange things. So it, it's been quite quite an enlightening process over the past few months. Sounds illuminating. Definitely. Um, I so would you say that um, those bugs are like what? What would be some examples of things that you found? And I'm talking about for the uh, reorgs and stuff. Didn't you do like a super long reorg recently, or is that still uh, happening? Uh, that's probably to, to, still to, happening. To be, but, to be clear, but, really quick for viewers, this is not on Monero main chain reorg. We're not having Howard <laughs> going back. Yes, this is definite. <laughs> this is testnet. That's Just to right. be really, really clear for anyone who might not have put that together. <laughs> yeah, all of this is on testnet. You know, so yeah, we can go crazy and try and destroy it as best we can, and 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 that's what it's for. So yeah, um, yeah. So we did very large chains to do very large rollbacks uh, just to see what would happen. And you know, in the early days, you know, that would hose the demon or something and so we found a lot of bugs with um with how we generate the cache for the random x algorithm and you know all of these bugs got revealed and fixed along the way cool any other questions for RandomX and Howard, or should we move on to uh, Diego's really interesting topic that he wanted to get out? I've already pestered them on the POW channel on IRC constantly with all of my questions, so I've kind of exhausted them. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to Diego. My uh, my thing is is I, well, I wouldn't know that I wouldn't call it a super interesting topic of conversation. It's more kind of like the plumbing thing. Um, Monero has, in the past two or three years, um, sent, spent considerable effort, time, and money in the um, in the sphere of events, uh, particularly presences at things like DEF CON, which a good amount of money was spent two years ago and this past year, and C3, which the same is 
that can be said for both last year and this year and the year prior, um, as well as you know, um, Justin has had a couple years ago gone on a tour to speak about Monero in different uh, contexts across Europe, and I have also gone to different conferences both in America and abroad to speak about Monero. Um, I, I, I'm just. I guess I'm just picking people's brains here. What, what do we think about kind of the effectiveness of something like this? The, the reality is that because of Monero's funding model, which is entirely voluntary, we have great issues sometimes funding things that are very important, such as the Monero Research Lab guys, such as Monero Moo. Uh, it's sometimes comes, comes down to the wire a little bit more than I would like in terms of dependence on whales. Um, do you think that freeing up money by having less important things like these conferences, or, and if, one thing for discussion is if they are less important things or if they should still be held in high, high priority, um, so that money can go to these other things like the work on the coin. Um, the, I, I would say that the conferences so far that Monero has gotten involved to are not overly scammy, or if they are, we typically get a free ride, so like other scammy projects have to pay, and Monero gets a free booth or table. Um, so it's almost like the scammy projects are paying for us to go and spread the real word. And every single conference that I've gone to where I've sat at a booth or I've presented, I've had many, many, many good conversations, uh, made a few different converts, you know, uh, not just to Monero, but to kind of privacy-oriented things. But I, I just want to get the community's feel for this, like um, especially if you have never gone to one of these conferences, but you have either given money or seen money being given. Like, do you feel like there's a change? Do you feel like they're effective? Do you feel like it's kind of just a waste and we're throwing our money down the tubes to pay for somebody's flight and hotel to go out there? Um, what, what, what are the people's thoughts? Um, so something that actually I we haven't really discussed this a ton in public. This has happened in back channels. Um, we ha have an offer from Kraken where we can give them. Um, they they are piloting a referral link program, um, which we generally think is pretty shady. We don't like referral links in general, uh, and. They offered to uh, give us a referral link for uh, the community in general, quote unquote. And if people use that to sign up for Kraken, um, a percentage of trading fees would actually be able to be donated somewhere. Um, we, we've had a number of concerns along those lines uh, involving number one, the custodian for the funds needs to be KYC'd. Um, and I believe they might need to be in the US, so I don't think Buffy can do it. Uh, and then there's other issues like, we think that referral links are shady, so we, we're not sure we want to promote that. Another thing, can we really say that the r slash Monero community on Reddit represents Monero? Um, another one, how can we say that we're distributing the funds according to the community's will if it's not the community distributing it? It's it's a bit more centralized. There's just a ton of unanswered questions. Uh, but I guess I, I want to express the idea that there are alternative funding methods that we could use to acquire funds for recurring payments, uh, say the MRL, et cetera. Um, but I, I guess we, we it needs to be discussed further. This needs to be a conversation that that is had. So, uh, yeah. I think yeah, that. I mean, continue go, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. Oh, all right, all right. I mean, I, I've commented before, so but I'll, I'll comment here as well. I I personally think it's of value to go to the conferences just because of um, was it coin payments either this year yeah i think it was this year or the year prior um like you rare talked to coin payments by happenstance at one of these conferences to get them to add support for sub addresses i believe it was before the um or some feature that was going to be basically they needed to switch to before it got deprecated in order to continue payments and as someone who pays for digital goods and services um and one of the vendors happens to be coin payments i was glad that you know, someone was able to personally speak to them and get them to switch over before it was too late. Um, I also agree with um, need money. I think there's, this is something that I keep saying, but I, I 
I'm terrible actually following through on is yeah I, I think potentially like alternative payment methods to make it easy to uh, more easy to like have people contribute financially because I mean it's ultimately all about kind of how easy it is to donate like only the hardcore arguably hardcore are going to donate to Monero because first you know they have to deposit fiat they have to wait several days for the fiat to get you know pro quote-unquote processed at an exchange and they convert to Monero and then they send it to the Monero donation address there's a lot of like not red tape per se, but there's just a lot of unnecessary complexity. Um, it may be worth, in addition to like what Need Money was discussing, having conversations around that referraling, it may be worthwhile to see, and granted this would be centralized to a certain degree, like having a, um, if people are familiar with Open Collective at all, there's a, a couple of notable open source projects that use Open Collective. It's kind of like a FOSS-focused Patreon of sorts. Um, but it's like the budget's more transparent in terms of when money gets withdrawn. It's, you know, noted for what reason. Um, so like, uh, I'm trying to think cubes. I know uh, there's a couple of big fans of cubes that use open, uh, that that's what cubes uses for their donation model. Um, so it may be worth potentially trying to explore granted it would be somewhat centralized, maybe having something like open collective, I think open collective the organization is the group that manages the funds itself. Um, so there's a certain degree of trust involved. But, you know, basically people can subscribe, donate $5 a month or whatever to, you know, quote unquote, the Monero project. And then Open Collective, maybe, I don't even know if this is possible, you know, like uh, converts, you know, X amount of the monthly donation themselves into Monero and sends it to the war chest or, you know, some particular project based on, you know, some sort of consensus uh, voting mechanism. But anyways, yeah, I, I, I really think that we should like also... Like a DAO? I'm not familiar with that acronym, so... Oh, yeah, DAO, the decentralized... Yeah. Autonomous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not quite a DAO, um, but yeah, it if you're a fan of cubes or you use cubes, definitely at least check out open collective to donate to, you know, cubes. Um, but it's, uh, another potential alternative to check in terms of, you know, trying to open pathways for making it easier to donate to Monero projects. Sure. As, and I have, I have actually looked at open collective a number of times, each time going back and forth, like, ah, should this is something we should jump on or no, this, this, this really isn't going to work. Uh, I, I've kind of come to a conclusion that I think Open Collective is better for individual work groups rather than the project as a whole. Uh, I just think it's, with, it's within the interest and ideals of the project to only work with Monero. Currently, Open Collective doesn't work with Monero. Um, but I could see something like the MRL spinning up an Open Collective thing, you know, as their own little non-organization organization. Uh, so if people want to kind of donate, whether it is anonymously or otherwise, in non-Monero ways to the Monero Research Lab, because these are people that pay their everyday bills with fiat. So accepting fiat is actually going to be easier for them. Um, the Monero Research Lab, I think, is a great candidate for the Open Collective, while I don't think the Monero Project itself in general is. Uh, but yeah, but I appreciate the, the, the line of thinking where, okay, what are some alternative revenue sources? How can we take advantage of in existing infrastructure rather than inventing our own? Um, or if something that we're doing is not currently working, then we shouldn't be too stubborn to not look at other alternatives that, that exist. Yeah, going back to your broader uh, topic, Diego, where you're saying, are, th are these auxiliary expenses really incredibly important if, if there are other concerns with, with main lines of expenses, I'm gonna call them, or the most important lines? And I would say, you know, of course, the most important ones are, you know, keeping people that are involved in the project working on it rather than going to conferences. But I would say that they still have value. Now, granted, I did receive funding to go to several of these, but, you know, for the vast majority of the ones that I went to, the community still got videos out of it and people have watched thousands of hours of content. So, um, you know, the Conferenco was really expensive, right? And we probably won't do it the same way again like we did last year. But people watched thousands of hours of that content, and we got some really great talks out of it. And it really did help bring the community together. And I know some of those things are harder to quantify, 
but it did have benefits to Monero beyond just the someone went to a conference and talked about it. So I think that if we are really, uh, if we indeed do find ourselves in a press situation, we just focus on, you know, there'll be a little bit more pressure to quantify things a little bit more. And sometimes things won't, uh, won't necessarily be, you know, the best thing or best use of funds, let's say. Um, maybe we need to recruit someone who lives in Europe to go to the, C, you know, CCC events instead of someone from the United States, things like that. Um, but those things take time, they're flexible, and, you know, it depends on what contributors are available to. Um, so I agree that, you know, focus on the main expenses, let's, you know, to need money's point, let's try and get those covered to the largest, largest extent that we have uh, available to us and was possible. But um, also, I still think that there is reasonable value of, of doing, you know, the, the reasonable conferences that aren't completely scammy, the ones that you're able to get into and Monero sort of given or granted the, the legitimacy that it deserves. Yeah, and I say this with with the um, with the background information that I will now share with you guys that I just opened up a um, CCS idea about my funding to thirty sixty three, um, which is uh, over in Germany. So it's a healthy sum in terms of flight ticket and stuff. And you know, as do am I doubting my contribution last year to C three? No, I think. Um, my presence, if I may be so unhumble, I think my presence there really, really helped and was uh, necessary to uh, to a large extent. And no, but that's not. But that was kind of that C three um, where maybe volunteers were shorthanded or whatever. And maybe some people have arisen in Europe that would be cheaper to fly them out, and they would be able to fulfill just as um, fulfill the role just as well. Um, I. I know my, so yeah, basically, you know, I'm trying to be both um, wise and cautious in not assuming my own value, while at the same time knowing what I bring to the table, but not, re not really knowing in terms of the community thoughts whether or not what I bring to the table is worth what I'm asking for uh, in terms of flight ticket <laughs> across transatlantic, uh, transatlantic flight. So that, that just kind of my own personal thoughts as I, as I publish that C3 uh, CCS proposal, I guess I would just wanted to open up to the broader broader community for... Can we also, I think the conversation we're having in um, the YouTube chat right now would be also another thing to bring up right now, because that seems very topical on uh, the cost of villages. And so, oh yeah, so to give some background, the cost of the village, um, that was... That was covered a lot through merchandise sales. That was covered a lot through donations. Well, we're from... talking about CCC, actually. Like, they, they gave us the village there for free. There's no payment there. Yeah, so it's something we should be taking advantage of. Um, it just, to Diego's point, we need to be wise about how we're taking advantage of it, right? Okay, um, so, you know, we're over, and I think that's okay because we started really late. Um, but um, I think, uh, you know, last few questions here, last few comments on this issue, it seems like there's still topic of conversation available here. Um, get those out. Um, yeah, need money. You can't miss Vic. Like, if, if he's going, you can't miss him, right? So, um, I, I, you know, I think if, if it were convenient for somebody else, on the same continent, it would be better to avoid transoceanic travel for these events. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree too. I was, I was thinking about that with the, the Confranco, like the next Confranco that people want to have in Europe. Um, like, should we prioritize having speakers that are from Europe, right? That way we're not paying for speakers to fly out all from the US. It doesn't make a lot of logistical sense. It's fun, but it doesn't make a lot of logistical sense. It's not efficient. Right. Yeah, and, and despite my conflict of interest having an open CCS, I both agree with you, Howard, um, both from a uh, value standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint, because transatlantic flights are the absolute worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hate them. 
I know the feeling. So you're saying don't fund your CCS so that you don't have to do this garbage? Unfortunately, I think we're too late in the game. I mean, if some if some young charismatic leader rises up uh, within the next um, month or so, I think, sure, we can take a look at that. But we're pretty late in the game already mid-October, nearing the end of October, and uh, there's... We're decentralized. Uh, we'll just run itself. C3 is, C3 is almost <laughs> upon us, so... I think for this year, I mean, once again, speaking with the conflict of interest, I think for this year, um, I would recommend I would recommend funding my proposal. Um, and or we can, else, we can we can take a look for future years uh, what how we can uh, do this better and better might mean me not going, but it might mean I don't know I don't know. That's why I opened up this question. But yeah, we're we're kind of over. Justin, put it into this you, madness. I'll, I'll help you fund your thing if nobody funds it before yeah, it's yeah. over. So I'll, I'll actually donate to that one. Usually I say I just donate my time to the community, but I'll actually go and put some funds in. Yeah, very cool. I, I appreciate all of you coming on today, dealing through, hopping through several Jitsi rooms, several other burdensome things to make this happen. And of course, thank you for everyone who's watching online for also tolerating the same set of circumstances. So we really appreciate it. Lots of great questions today. Good viewership, ultimately. And we're really happy to provide this sort of monthly check-in with the Mara community. I want to end on one final note and sort of a pre-announcement really quickly. You can expect Mastering Monero to come out with a new advertising campaign that might ruffle a few feathers in the wider cryptocurrency community. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Ooh, when, when can we expect this to drop? This is exciting. Hopefully this month. We'll see. I mean, I mean, hopefully, okay. hopefully, like you know, in a week. But I'll, I'll say conservatively, hopefully a month. Okay, let's see. So, um, not, not like Master and Monero, go f yourself. Not, not that, not that crazy. But like, just really trying to get people to think about some of the concerns with transparent systems, and we're going to use some of the proceeds from the book to pay for that. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for joining. I know it was rough, but we really appreciate it. And we will catch you in the next next episode. Uh, not next episode, next coffee chat. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thanks.